everyone. Hi, hello. It is me, Allison Rosen, and I am sitting here with Dave Holmes, author of the forthcoming... Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Everyone sit down. Party of One. And uh, return guest. You're back on the show. I don't know the exact date, even though I should, because I was looking at the episode this morning. Mm. But I want to say 2013 or 2000... Could have been 2012. I bet it's... Yeah. I think it was two At least, I would say before. How long have you been doing this? Um, I've been doing this since about 2012. Maybe it was okay. in the beginning. You hmm. were maybe maybe not then. When so when was the Kickstarter for a drink mm, with Dave? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I know it didn't see. work, but I know I uh I would say even before 2012, but that can't be right. I don't think I don't think it I could be. Anyway, yeah. it was a while ago. It was ages. So we have a lot to catch up on. Oh, my God. Where do we start even? I don't. Let's just start right here. Okay. Right uh, here in this room? Right here in this room at this table as we record it. Uh-huh. It's a Thursday. It when is? they hear it, it'll be a Monday. Oh. Okay. Or, or, or Tuesday, maybe. I mean, it's Memorial Day Monday. That's true. That's true. Well, I'm not sure if this is coming out exactly this, like, which Monday. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. But, but it's still, now they know. We're recording this the Thursday before Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when we talked last time, yes, a lot of pop culture talk, sure, which I love. I love talking about pop, pop culture. I love that you also love it, are super steeped in it. And I love how much your book is about your own life with so much of the pop culture that was right. super meaningful to me. Oh, good. Uh, weaved into it. Like, good. I love that. Good. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, that was what I did to, to like numb the pain of feeling like a weirdo and an outsider and, you know, like just, you know, the, the general alienation of youth. Uh, but also, you know, growing up kind of, you know, like a gay kid in the, in, a, in the Midwest and right. in a Catholic area. But it was like, it was a weird, it was a very weird time. And, and what I did to make myself feel better was just like watch MTV all day or, you know, listen to records or go to the movies or whatever. Like that was the thing that I dove into. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I mean, it's like my story is kind of inseparable from that. Right. Plus, it's just fun to talk about that shit. It really is. You know? So I'm going to ask you a question that Fire. pertains to my current interests. Yeah. Do you watch Vanderpump Rules? I've seen it. I've seen it. Um, and I see where I could I could get sucked in, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't want to. I I find it very. Um, I I mean, they are my least favorite kind of people in Los Angeles. And I feel like I spend so much of my experience in Los Angeles avoiding people like that. How would you that I don't, now how would you characterize them? I would say that they are all people who came here looking to be on a reality show. Yes. Um they're all like they're you know, attractive in a in a nondescript kind of a way. Mm-hmm. Um and it's yeah, they're they're just uh they're people who who really who who seek out conflict and also Want to be famous for no good yeah. reason. I know that's like a kind of a banal complaint, but it, but it's I, they're just my least favorite kind of people. Well, it's interesting. What- I, I, you know what it is? Mm-hmm. I, they're all cocaine people, and I just don't want to be around cocaine <laughs> people. Like I, I put a lot of energy into avoiding cocaine people. Right. I don't want to sit on my couch and spend an evening with cocaine people. Oh, that's so interesting. That that to me that's is such a like good way of putting it. You know how like 
on the real world, they never acknowledge the cameras and mm-hmm. whatever. And it's like, that's such a huge part of the story is that right. they're being followed around by cameras. Like that changes your life. Right. And it's weird that they just never address it at all. Or like, or the, like if they go to a bar and start talking to somebody, there's a very real possibility that that person is talking to them because there's a camera. There, right. Right. You're talking that's, about real I'm world I'm talking about now? the real world. Okay. That to me seems like a glaring omission. Mm-hmm. Cocaine is the cameras on Vanderpump Rules. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so obvious that everybody has, like, a vicious cocaine habit. Right. And they don't talk about it. Or maybe right. they do. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Maybe there's been a very special episode, but I no, don't think so. there have there hasn't been. However, um, I don't know how familiar you are with the characters since you're... I'm do you know which moderately one? Moderately familiar. Jax is? Sure. Okay. There have been a couple times now where people have said to him, like, you're, you know, 35 years old or you're 33 years old. It uh-huh. happened both at 33 and 35. You uh-huh. need to, When are you going to stop partying? Right. And I think partying is Party means cocaine. Yeah, because okay. he'd say drinking otherwise. Sure. That's, okay. that's what I think. Okay. He's also been in and out of jail a few times, but I don't really know why. Yeah. I know there's something like he stole a pair of sunglasses. That, that doesn't seem a, like a jailable offense. That was a plot offense. point. Oh, I see. Okay. That was on the show, but then yeah. also they just make reference yeah. to how he's been in and out. For somebody who barely watches it, I do know you a know lot a lot. About this I know. Show. <laughs> um, I also, and this is very weird, but there used to be a show on Sirius called Cocktails with Patrick. Yes, that I was a frequent guest on okay. because I and, and a listener, like a cra- I was a crazy fan of that show. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so when I was in New York, I would always like swing by and and be a guest on it and whatever. Now that guy has started dating Stasi. Are they who, still together? Though? I don't know whether they are or not. I believe as of season four, they were not. Okay. Um, yes, when I re- okay, so I knew who he was right. because I don't know if this is why I knew who he was, or I just knew that his Twitter handle was Cox with P. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I just had this awareness of him because there was another show on Sirius that I used to go on sometimes. And well, this, which one? Um, it was called Devorah and Diana. Okay, and I think. A producer of that show became a producer for Cocktails with Patrick. Who, who was it? Leah Palmieri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know her? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, it, I am always surprised that it's such a small world, but mm-hmm. I really shouldn't be. No, it's a very small world. Yeah. And we all know it. So- and We all know it. We so all- just acknowledge it. <laughs> I don't know why I got so sassy with you <laughs> No, it was uh, fine. But so anyway, she was talking about her boy- Stassi was talking about her okay. boyfriend. Stassi, who- and this is another thing that I don't think they've ever addressed. Why are you named after the East German secret police? What the fuck is that about? I what is her, that name? It's Anastasi okay. or Nastasi. Oh, okay. Anastasia right. or something. No. Or? Yes. That, that's what you would think. Oh. But no, it's just Anastasi. She, her family. Russian okay. bougie. I'm not even high. I'm not even trying not to talk about it anymore. Okay. I, I, for a while I sort of like I was into it and then I pulled off of the gas on that one and now right. I'm just flooring it. Okay. Her Let's family go. was on Amazing Race. Really? Which I never watched. I Yeah, I've seen it, but I don't. Okay. Yeah. She had dark hair then and a slightly different face. Oh. Anyway, mm, when she mentioned that her boyfriend Patrick had a show on Sirius, I was like, could it be that guy? And then it was. And then it was weird when reality TV intersected with like actual reality. Mm-hmm. It's so rare when that happens it's these days. It's very strange. Well, so do you know anything about uh, what their relationship was like? Uh, no, not at all. I don't like he's he's a difficult like he's very funny on the radio mm-hmm. like he's great on the radio but then in real life it's just like impossible to know him so I I don't right. I don't know I know he's out here I bump into him because now I'm in serious so I, like I see him in the hallways on occasion right um but yeah no I have no idea what's going on there okay let's yeah. t- 
let's move on mm-hmm. from Vanderpump Rules. Okay. To actually I mean, talking about you and your book. Okay. I could talk about. I, I evidently could talk about Vanderpump Rules for hours. It kind of delights me. Yeah. Um. I. That's the thing. I do. I. I feel like that is one that I probably could get sucked into, and I should maybe just let it happen. Or. Or. You know what would I is really good. What's gonna What's gonna make the difference for me is if there is a, a marathon when I'm on a plane. Yes. Because that's like if that's I, when it happens. That's when it happens. I was I, I had a, a Real Housewives of New Jersey moment mm. a few years ago, and it was because I was on a plane, and there was literally nothing else to watch. And right. I was like, I'm just gonna watch six of these in a row. You know. Yeah. And so I did, and it was like, okay. I mean, you, you pick it up very quickly. That's There's the, always a fashion show. People are always fucking fighting, <laughs> you know. And it's uh, it's 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 very easy. There's no barrier to entry. Right. You know. Planes are the only time I will ever watch Law and Order: Criminal Intent. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not get, my favorite of the franchise. But yeah, I didn't intend to get sucked into Vanderpump Rules. I've had a it passing awareness of it, you know, for a long time because people sure. talk about it a lot. And then I don't know how I don't know how I got sucked in, but I did. And for for the first few many episodes, it was just like tanned Botox people yelling at each other, and I uh-huh. I found it mesmerizing, even though I couldn't follow the plot. Mm-hmm. And now suddenly I care deeply. Okay, yeah, I uh, I I don't I don't, but maybe I will. Maybe someday. Maybe this is just the nudge come, I needed. Please do come back. Okay, <laughs> when it happens. Uh, they're also all people who say uh, who who like when a word ends in ing, they say it een. Like, oh yeah where are you going like that kind of thing and it just <laughs> makes me crazy they all have that vocal take and it drives yes. me fucking nuts nuts my Sorry. thing is when i'm watching it having done some television myself mm-hmm. anytime they're speaking directly to camera i just can imagine the producer feeding them the line right before they go on oh, sure. or i can imagine they received a handout with like the question and then four potential answers and they circled it it uh-huh. just i don't know if it's their delivery or if it's that it just feels written right it's both yeah i would i would bet something i don't care about that much but i'm still trying to express that i believe this to be the case i believe that they are fed a lot of lines oh absolutely i think that's true across the board it's maybe, maybe other shows be. are better at selling it then yeah because I buy in a little more well, with they other are, shows. They are young. Yeah. They're just kids, you know? They're fresh off the boat. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I, I, I leave this conversation uh, still undecided about Vanderpump Rules. All right. I do know that, like, I have a morbid curiosity about that restaurant. And I do want to, like, I want to go to brunch there someday. My husband and I drove by it the other night. Because yeah. <laughs> we're both obsessed now. Really? But you, you drove past it, but you've never been in? You're obsessed, but you've never been in. Correct. You got to go in. I'm not ready to make that commitment, but I think we will soon. Yeah, of course you should. And it's not that much of a commitment. Like Icarus with his wings of wax. She doesn't want to fly too close <laughs> exactly. to the sun. Jax's face. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We saw one of the characters outside, though. I mean, yeah. it was pretty. Uh, that's pretty. intense. That's intense. Yeah. You know the drinks are shitty. You know what I mean? You know that every cocktail is like well, sugary to the max. Oh, yeah. They have white chocolate martinis oh, with a here. raspberry coating in it. I saw oh, that yeah, there's on dusting. Yelp. Ugh. Yeah, on Gross. Yelp I saw a picture of that drink, but I think they're most famous for their pumptini and strawberry. No, <laughs> those are no. those are on the show. No, but yeah, no. but oh, the I, restaurant is pretty. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's I don't know. Pretty about garden. That. Okay. Yeah, I haven't really. I, I haven't looked enough. I also I I think it's hilarious that at the beginning of the show everybody is just like spilling their drinks in slow mo. <laughs> like know. why why are you turning dramatically with a martini glass? Like, right. Be careful. It's it's all over the place. I actually, those things cost $12. I wonder how messy Be careful. those shoots are. Ugh. It's just dumb. It's like, yeah. what are you saying? What does this say about this person that they're just like spilling, spilling shit everywhere. everywhere? Yeah. 
I never like thought idiot. of it that way. It's a good point. Oh, drives me crazy. I promised that we were going to talk about you and your book. We're However, never gonna. I find myself now Next needing. Time. How do you feel about Lisa Vanderpump? Um, I don't really have a strong feeling one way okay. or the other. Um, I so many gay people who I think are boring really like her, so that leads me to dislike her. She is kind of a gay icon. She really is she, a gay icon. She is an icon to a kind of gay that I don't identify with. What kind? Um, just the sort of, you know, like the West Hollywood, just kind of like, just give it, give me everything the way I want it kind of gay. You know what I mean? Where it's just like... Like millennial gay? Yeah, yeah, but no, but they've existed throughout yeah. time. Like I, uh, for, okay, ages ago, mm-hmm. I was in an uh, audition for like a movie, like a, a The View, but about movies. Like, let's talk about the movies or oh, whatever. Cool. So they did like a chemistry test and they had me paired up with a, with a gay comic who I won't name. And like, and that was just his whole thing for every movie that we were talking about was, I'm gay. And it was like, okay. But, and, and there was some movie that Michael Imperioli w- had been in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I mentioned The Sopranos. And he was like, I don't watch The Sopranos. I'm gay. <laughs> and I was like, what, what does that even mean? I don't watch The Sopranos. I'm gay. Like, you don't, you're gay so you don't like good storytelling or right. like there's nobody hot on it or whatever. But like, there's, there's no possible answer that's interesting for what that means. You know what I mean? So like people like that drive me nuts where it's uh, it's just like it's I got to live in my little gay town mm-hmm. and go to my little gay restaurant and get my little gay coffee and like, you know, uh, uh, this side of the street is okay. That side of the street I don't go to. And mm-hmm. what, it's like it's just boring. What is that about? I, I realize you're saying you're not that kind of person mm-hmm. and now I'm asking you to speak for those kind of people. But right. I, but in your... I can speak very... I, like I, what do you think that is about? It, it's about? It's about never finding your place in the world and then finding your place in the world. Like okay. you... If you're ostracized and if you're shamed and and like and made to feel like an other mm-hmm. for your whole life, if you find a place where it's like you fit in, then you're like you're either like oh okay this is nice or you're a fucking nightmare about it. Uh, I find that frat boys can be this way, mm-hmm. like guys who are like you know relatively well accepted in their high schools, join a fraternity and are fine. If you were a weird kid in high school or if you were like made fun of or whatever and you get a fresh start and you join a fraternity and they like you, you are – it becomes your life. Right. And you get the fucking t- – you get the, the letters tattooed on your wrist and you, you're always wearing a t-shirt with your letters on it mm-hmm. and you work for you know the corporate when it's over and whatever and it becomes like a huge part of your life. That's so interesting. You know, he's like there's, an, in, there's a need in all of us to be a part of a team. And if you if you get it early in life, then the itch is scratching. You don't mm-hmm. you don't need to worry about it. If you don't, then you do tend to spend your whole life right like, searching for it. And then when you find it, it's like, uh, uh-uh. I am going to guard this door with like all of my might, and I'm going to use the language, and I'm going to wear the uniform, and the whole thing. I totally get it. I also think it's our responsibility to evolve past it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Past that. Yeah. Um. That like rigorous joiner right stage. Right. But you, you know. The the title of the book, Party of One, mm-hmm. is sort of a so you are someone who who always felt on the outside of things very much, yeah. But you never went through that fa- any sort of phase well, like that, did you? I probably, you know, I uh, yeah, I've done, you know, I've joined a lot of teams uh, through my life and, and and tried to fit in in a lot of different places. Um, as far as like the gay world, I kind of really like I when I moved to New York and like was on my own for the first time. This is like nineteen ninety four. I was like 50 pounds heavier Mm -hmm. and like it was not cool to be a big fat gay guy the way that it is now. Like now there's a whole thing around it. You know what I mean? Like you're fetishized. Um, But back then, if that existed, I didn't know anything about it. So uh, those guys, like those sort of angry guard in the door guys would just wouldn't like legit would not 
speak to me mm-hmm. and like you would just be invisible i would be invisible like trying just to, to, to like make friends or whatever and the thing is if i had been accepted i probably would be a boring gay you know what i mean i <laughs> yeah. would i would have been like okay good i finally found my people game over this is it i'm just gonna stay here for the rest of my life and never right. change right and uh and i'm glad i didn't ultimately like it was painful for a while but it's like okay mm-hmm. it, it was you know it, it, that was not the path for me but in terms of other groups, what other groups did you try on? Oh, golly. I uh, I really tried to be an athlete for a long time, not because I liked sports at all or mm-hmm. had any any like natural affinity, um, but I just felt like it was like what boys were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tried to talk the talk and it was just absolutely miserable. Um, there's a story in the book about it, which I won't, it's too long, but I, I really tried to be a basketball guy for a minute. Didn't work out. Um, I, uh, I tried to be a cocaine guy for a minute. Did not work out. What did happened? not work out. That's a story I need to hear. Um, I I did it once. I did it exactly once. Um, and it was with uh, an, a, a neighbor who was a Wall Street guy, which like those are yeah. those are the guys you got to watch out for mm-hmm. in New York anyway. And uh, and he was like, you know, we were like sort of, you know, have a drink once in a while, friends. But I was I was coming home. I had just started doing improv, and uh, and I had like my first good show. And I was feeling powerful, and I was like, "This is this is great. I am the fucking future of American comedy." Was this before MTV or mm-hmm. after? Yeah. Before MTV? Oh okay. yeah, 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 a couple years before. And uh, and so I came home, and I was just like, I was feeling myself, you know. <laughs> and uh, and there was there was uh, noise coming from this guy's apartment, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna like I'm gonna see what's going on. And so I knocked, and it was uh, he had friends in from out of town, and they were just all around his coffee table doing blow. And I was like, you know what? Give me some of that. <laughs> Let me try that, right? <laughs> Um, because all the guys were incredibly hot. That was, that was the problem. Like a good looking guy can get me to do pretty much anything. <laughs> Same. Still, yeah. Uh, and so I had some, and then it was like, immediately we were at a jazz club downtown. <laughs> like we were at something because it never closed and we could keep going to the bathroom every 10 minutes. And it was just, we just kept doing it, mm-hmm. uh, until there was no more to do. And I was like, you know, I mean, if you've ever done it, it's terrible. It's like, it, you feel like this is great. But what would make it a little bit better is more is more. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep chasing this thing that doesn't exist. But like if you, you know, you just feel like if you just do more, it's Mm going to be fine. You're fine for like 10 minutes at a time. And then it's just like, no, I got to do more. Um, I learned everything I need to know about cocaine in literally one night. Um, And uh, and then we, we went back to where we lived and we ran out. And I had already called in sick to work, and the, uh, the Rosie O'Donnell show was starting, and she was like firing cush balls out into the audience, and and you it was were just, working at an ad agency at this I point. I was, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and I just remember feeling like the biggest piece of garbage in the world. Like I was disgusting, I was sweaty. Mm-hmm. All these guys who I was like, oh, these are these are going to be the best friends I've ever I'm ever going to have for my whole life. It was clear, like, oh, I don't I don't like you, and I don't think you like me, and yeah. like, and we're just all just starting to feel like awful people, mm-hmm. and uh, and I couldn't sleep. And like, and I couldn't jack off, you know what I mean? Like any, all of my go-tos for making myself feel better were not accessible to me. And it was just like, it was, it was the kind of thing where I just had to sweat it out. And, and, uh, I, um, I got the number of, uh, of the dealer who had, uh, gotten us cocaine or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I fished it out of my pocket and, uh, and I remember like, it was like 40 bucks for a whatever increment of cocaine we were Mm -hmm. doing. And, uh, and so I went to the ATM and I had like $38. (laughs) I couldn't like I didn't have enough to get more, so I just couldn't get more, and I just had to sweat it out and write it out, and like, and I never touched it again. Wow! In fact, it was it left such a mark. I can't even watch Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> Clearly, that's too close Imagine to the experience if, for me. If you'd had two more dollars, I know that's the thing. I I would probably be dead. It's crazy to me, not crazy, but I I didn't expect the story to 
to end up with you attempting to purchase more on your own. Yeah. I feel like that's sort of an advanced Coke thing. Yeah, really? Well, I mean, I'm a quick learner. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm a go-getter. Do you have an ad- addictive personality? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, I managed never to do it. Like when I right. got, when my direct deposit kicked in, I didn't get any more. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But I think I think I would have just because, again, at the time I was really searching. I was yeah. looking for an identity and that would have been one and I would have died. Mm-hmm. Like for sure. My heart would have exploded when I was like 29. Right. You know? Well, good so I'm glad I didn't do good that. Good thing that that didn't happen. Good thing that didn't happen. Um, so I received your book this morning. Mm. So I've only read bits and pieces yeah, here and fine. there. I'm it's, just, a, it's a book you can bounce around. I the think. audience should definitely go out and get it, though. No, thanks. Because it's it's just such an emotion. well, enjoyable and emotional and funny read. Thank you, Thank you very much. But so there was a part that kind of... Um, grabbed my heart and yanked it out of my chest and i just and it's it was sad but not as sad as uh as you'd think for some reason it just really got to me and it was um in the chapter where you're talking about being young and and being gay Mm -hmm. and how i don't know what grade it was but at that time that you grew up every boys would always call other boys faggot uh-huh. and it was a list of all the things you could do to be called that yeah and it was like show enthusiasm wear right. your backpack on both shoulders yeah yeah um and all these things that were just so benign and also because i grew up somewhat in the same time mm-hmm. i can remember how much those like were marks of being a loser and that was the word you'd use for loser and it uh-huh. just but i think what got to me was just what a narrow prescription or description. I'm not sure what word I'm going for here. What a narrow, what the, how narrow the margins of accepted masculinity were. It's and, very easy to transgress. Yes. You know what I mean? As a female, I don't think I ever really gave that much thought. But for some reason, right. that just brought it to life for me so much. And I just, it's like my heart just, I just, it made me feel so sad for anyone who didn't fit into that very narrow definition, it's which is so silly. many people. It's everybody, really. Yeah. It's really everybody. Yeah. And, uh, and and I think that we acknowledge that now. But one thing I think we're doing extremely well right now is is understanding that there are a lot of different ways to to manifest your your gender and like right. there are just a million different ways to be a person. Um, a, a, I went to an all-boys uh, Catholic school from 7th to 12th grade. And it was very homogeneous, very, very white. Um, and, and everyone was terrified. Everyone was terrified to be the one who would step over the line and do something that was like unmanly or whatever, because right. it, it could get you branded forever. And, uh, and so like, so we all became like those, like we all guarded the doors. <laughs> you know what I mean? We mm-hmm. all watched our own behavior. We all watched each other's behavior. We were all desperate to be the, the person who doesn't, you know, desperate not to be the person who, who makes a, a false move. Right. I remember there, there was like a kid and this is terrible in, in like seventh grade. There was, um, like, we were, you know, we all had to shower together, which is like a minefield for a yeah. young gay boy, anyway. I mean, like, not, you know, I, I was so uh, repressed and so desperate to change and so desperate not to, like, seem gay or whatever that, like, to be turned on by naked boys did not even enter my mind. Because oh, yeah. you it's like, you can't. You would try to masturbate to women. Oh, of course. Yeah. Terry Copley. Terry Copley. <laughs> we got it made. She's yeah. a preacher now. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. It just didn't take. It didn't yeah. take. But uh, but there was there was a kid who like we were all you know we had all just come from the shower after gym, and like and somebody accused him of having a boner, which like if you were into boys and I absolutely was. You, there's no way in the world you could have a boner because I mean, there's just no you you couldn't be self actualized with your sexuality enough, right? To be like, ah, I love what I'm seeing here, and my body's going to react. So the it's way like that the would. shame and fear would, yeah, tamp it down. Yeah, absolutely. So it was probably it was. I'm it sure it was like penis. a wrinkle in the undies, like in the or you know or whatever, or or just somebody somebody made it up just right. to like deflect attention from himself or whatever. But he was branded as the kid who had a boner for Ugh. like six years. You know, like senior year, people are still talking about it. He is now um, a uh, high school cu- uh, guidance counselor, which is kind of perfect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he had pretty much the worst possible experience. Did not end up to be a gay person, but is like is doing the Lord's work now. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Um, but yeah, it's um, it's it's a very you know when you're in an all boys uh, environment, it's just it's it's very easy to step out of line. And we we tend or we did tend to define masculinity like negatively. It's all the things you don't do. Mm-hmm. You know? Do you remember real men don't eat quiche? Yes. Yeah. It was fucked up. What was, was that? I mean, it, was it wasn't a, a dumb, commercial. It was a was meme. A oh, it was. It was yeah. I was going to say it was a meme before we had memes. Yeah, right? it, was, it was a book. What was it about? It was it was just all the things that men don't do. Okay. Um, like, you know, you do, like what kind of car you don't drive and what kind of things you don't eat and what kind of things you don't say. And, and it, like, was it a humor book or no? It was a humor book. And okay. It was a huge hit. I mean, like we all remember it. Right. 30 years later, more. And uh, yeah, it was just like manhood is all about the things that you, you know, that you cannot possibly do, which mm-hmm. is very silly, especially when you want to do all of those things. Right. I think Quiche that- is fucking great. <laughs> quiche is delicious. You know what I mean? Don't deny yourself quiche right. because of some asshole who got a book deal. You know, I think yeah, the here. idea that you can't show enthusiasm, that one in particular makes yeah. me sad because yeah. I just feel like it's just drowning out the exuberance that kids naturally have. Yeah. And I yeah. mean that and that to a degree, not in the same way, but that exists in girls as well. It's sure. just in when you're young, the only thing that's cool is to just be pretty cool and pretty over it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you're not, you know, right. I, I wonder if that is still the case. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I I don't know whether kids like police each other Mm -hmm. in the same way. Like if the rules are different or if there just aren't any rules. Like I I don't know. I don't know what kids bully each other for now. Right. Because I hear stories of transgender, young transgender kids who are completely accepted when they transition. Yeah. Which is like mind blowing to me. crazy. Yeah, and and they're like, you know, I know people who have like gay teenage kids mm. who like bring, you know, their boyfriend to the the dance or whatever. And it's right. like and they're fine. They're accepted. The world has come a long way the in the last yeah, long way. however many years. Little kids are okay mm-hmm. with homosexuality, transgender issues, yeah. and they're really good at iPhones. They're real good at iPhones. <laughs> they know how to make you look like a dog on Snapchat or whatever, which I still don't know how to do. <laughs> I don't know how to put that filter on, and that's okay. Yeah. I may I never learn. Uh, and I think, and I think that that's. I mean, I think it's great, but I also think it's um, things are changing so fast that we're seeing, um, you know, we're seeing people sort of trying to beat back our rights, like bit by bit, kind of trying to Roe v. Wade us a little right, bit right. by saying like, well, okay, you can get married, but like, if I don't want to make you a cake, I don't have to make you a cake, or you know, yeah. or you gotta, you know, there's all this bathroom nonsense and whatever. It's like it to me. I think feels like a death spasm of like mm-hmm. you know, straight right. white male sort of dominance right um but you never know i mean it could it could also it could get a lot worse 
Yeah, I guess you could never. No, no, no. It's true, though. It's true. You can't really feel completely secure in progress because it can always flip around. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. This could very well be Berlin in the 20s. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. Like, uh, that bums me out. Well, I hope it is not. Me too. Me Um, too. Another thing that I wanted to mention from your book, because I I thought your description of this was so good. You were talking about. When you're in a love bubble. Oh, yeah. Wait, you know what? But So I don't forget. I want to come back around, though, and ask you. I'm stacking my questions. I'm going to ask Great. you about the love bubble. And then I would like to get to um, what your experience of coming out to your family was like. Okay. Um, so the love bubble, though, you yeah, describe yeah. it as you said something like when you're first – when you've been in a love bubble, and mm-hmm. I'll have you explain what that is, mm-hmm. your first plausible shot at love feels like your only plausible shot at love. Right. I was on another podcast just talking about pretty much this exact same thing yeah. last night. I was recounting my first relationship and just, I mean, I was just so, so desperate and ad- addicted to it yeah. and lost myself completely and um, really somewhat pathetic. Well, but that was such a good way of putting it the way you did. Thanks. And, and but that's that's real. Uh, was it was it later in life for you or Yeah, I was a late bloomer and I was pr- I was overweight. And yeah. so I just hadn't had a lot of attention from guys. Right. And he was older and he was cute and he was funny and he showed interest in me. Uh-huh. And I don't think at the time I was conscious of the fact that it was like you know, a drop of water in the desert, but that's how it felt to my soul. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't let this go. This oh, is God, what no. I need. Yeah. Like I needed it. And it, it, you know, when he paid it, when I was with him, it fixed every single problem in my life. I mean, right. completely different than how a healthy relationship does. Yeah. But also not unlike a lot of first relationships, yes. especially if you grow up feeling awkward. If yes. You, if you, um, if you don't feel like you're enough on your own, you look for somebody else to complete you. Totally. And and that's a hundred percent what I did. I did not feel good about myself at all. And I like and I was not real like I bounded out of the closet because I was like I you know, really only because I, I wanted a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. To like I wanted somebody to be my other half to be like, look, see, I'm okay. Look at him. I'm okay. Right. That means I'm okay. And uh and like you can't you can't expect another person to do that for right. you. Also, like especially if you're if you if you feel awkward and if your your development in this particular area is delayed, mm-hmm. you're uh I don't know if I say this in the book or not, but you're like you're like a can of beer that's just been shook up yeah. for for years and years. And so of course you rip the top off because you're eager and because you know, you you want love, you're starved for it. But the, the your contents spill out everywhere. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? It is a big mess. It is a big mess. Yeah. Um, and in my case, it absolutely was a big mess. So like, uh, and, and I think to a degree, this guy felt the same way as well because, you know, he was going through the same thing and we had really never, we, I had met other gay people, but I, I, there was nobody that I felt like I really clicked with mm-hmm. and I felt like I really clicked with him. So we, you know, we had that, that like, we got into the love bubble of just like only kind of spending time together and uh, he, he popped out of the bubble a little quicker than I did, <laughs> uh, which, you know, that's the way it goes. Um, but it was, it was a, a brief, but super intense relationship right you know? did so he broke up with you yeah um he invited you to go on a walk around the campus mm-hmm. and then you said that when you were driving home you realized that the day because he had also invited yeah, you to we go had on done a, the same thing the, the day, day before, before yeah and you had the realization that he had probably wanted to break up with you the day before yeah, and he just and, lost his nerve Ugh. and that was very crushing yeah which I completely like on a visceral level. I completely understand why that's crushing. But why do you think that hit you so hard? Uh, because I think 
there was something I, I don't know. Like I think that I had um presented myself as so needy, which I absolutely was, um, that he just couldn't like he just didn't have the nerve. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like, oh, he's not gonna be like that he thought for a minute, he's not going to be okay if I do this. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And he was right. I mean, I was fine. Whatever. You, people get broken up with. But I mean, it was it was hurtful because it was my my first time. And right. it was also, it was mostly hurtful just because, you know, I had, I had um, this guy needed help and I could have just, you know, I wish that I had sort of kept my own needs in reserve right. a little well, bit so and the, just helped the, him out. For oh, the yeah, listener for who doesn't listener. know the backstory. Right, right, right. It's, it's a young kid who who's like the other gay kid at this at this school and, and we got hooked up. Um, it's a long story, but we got hooked up because he needed some advice on, you know, on, what how, was, to on how, to, how to do or this thing. How to come out, I guess. Yeah, how just, to be okay yeah. with himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, uh, right. just to talk to, just to make a human connection with another with another person, which I, you know, my, my better self would have just been like a, a good mentor mm-hmm. and like, you know, had a few conversations with him and then let him alone. But the problem was he was gorgeous. He was absolutely gorgeous. So I couldn't. Um, and, did he uh, look like Grant Show? Because you put a photo of Grant I did Show put at the a end of the chapter. Of Grant Show. No, I, he didn't. No, he doesn't. No, he's kind of more of a more of a Campbell Scott. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I just felt like because that's a very heavy chapter, so I felt like <laughs> the 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 reader deserves a treat. Right. Here's Grant Show in some high waisted jeans. Well, a little bit. I think that is sort of the folly of having college students mentor other college students because it's, it, it's yeah at my college we had this thing called the sponsor program mm-hmm. so when i was a sophomore i was a sponsor and all the incoming freshmen were put in groups with two sponsors and it's a good idea it's a ton of fun it really gives you a family right when you get there sure. that being said i found myself in situations where i'm like i'm only a year older than you i don't know how to handle yeah. this either yeah don't ask me anything serious <laughs> yeah. yeah oh absolutely absolutely and it's you know especially Especially with like young, gay, alienated, you know, scared, shitless kids. Right. What are, what are we going to do but start smooching? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like we need some comfort, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, it, it makes sense. I've forgiven myself. Here's the question. Okay. Do I, do I give the guy the heads up that the uh, book is coming out? Because I haven't yet. Do you change his name? Yep. No one will know. No, I don't I... think anyone will know it's him. Are you still in touch with him? We exchange messages like once a year on Facebook. It's very positive about him. Oh, it definitely is. So it definitely is. I say but yes. It's, yeah, I probably should, right? What? Why would you not? Um, I, yeah, there's no reason not to. Just that it's, I guess, kind of weird, you know. Um, well, yeah, there's really no reason not yeah. to. Yeah, there, there are a lot of reasons to do it. There are not a lot of reasons not to. Right. So yeah, okay. I, I I'm say, glad, I'm glad, I say I'm glad we it. had this talk. Yeah. Okay. You're welcome. Thanks. Um. So yeah, coming out to your family, what was that like? Uh, it was it was difficult, and it's still. A little difficult. Um, like everyone's accepting, but it's but it's also like I uh, St. Louis is still uh, very centered on what the neighbors will think, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's, right. You tell that at the begin in the beginning of the, the chapter we were talking about about masculinity. Uh-huh. That great story of you're driving in a car yeah, and yeah. your dad is t- is sort of. Your dad is uh, gesticulates a lot when he tells a story. So he's uh-huh. telling a story, and your mom is laughing. And then he's like, "Why are you laughing? It's not that funny of a story." Yeah, and it's because she doesn't want anyone in surrounding cars to think that he's yelling at her. Yeah, yeah. It's like all and about the what you present to other people. Exactly it, to strangers, to yeah. strangers on the highway who are going seventy miles an hour right. and not looking into your car <laughs> and like evaluating your relationship. Yeah. It's just, it's just an, it's like a, it's an instinct. It's, yeah. a, it's a, you know, it's just part of the culture. And 
And is it a Midwest thing, do you think? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's that. I think it's a double whammy of Midwest and Catholic. Okay. Um, and yeah, so they're they're good with it, but they're also, you know, like they still call, you know, my boyfriend of 11 years my roommate. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, we haven't really talked a whole lot about, about marriage. I'm not terribly, I'm not, you know, Ben and I are not really all that in- interested in it, but we've never, like, I've never had that conversation with my parents. Mm. Um, they're, you know, they're still, they're, they're Fox News watching, you know, oh, wow. Republican voting. Okay. I, I, I also don't know whether they're going to vote Trump because I just, I can't, I can't bring myself to talk Find politics yeah. with them. And, and I would be devastated if they were. Is your hunch that they are in favor of Trump? I know that they will never vote for Hillary Clinton. I know they're just, they, that they were, they're steeped in that like weird hatred of Bill and Hillary Clinton, which I don't, I mean, not to get into politics, but like. The 90s were pretty great. Yeah. I don't remember. Like, I, I they, you might not like them as people, but I remember, like, that was a peaceful, prosperous right. eight years. Yeah. I, I would go back to it, you know? Whatever. Um, yeah. So so they're good, but it's also, I think, to, to, be, uh, to be out as the parent of a gay kid requires you to, like, bring some attention to yourself that I don't think they want to do. Mm-hmm. So, so we don't talk about it a whole bunch. But, I, but they're great. They're but great. initially when you were... Have you – when did you know for oh. sure you were gay? Oh, golly. Uh, golly? Um, <laughs> uh, always. Really always. Um, I never Did wasn't. you ever try to date women? Oh, sure. Yeah, all through high school, definitely. Because I think I thought, like, especially once I, I started to notice, you know, I started to get, like, 12, 13 and, and mm-hmm. become really self-conscious and, and worry about, like, how I was presenting and all that kind of thing. Like, it was like, well, I'm probably – I'm probably bisexual and this is probably just a phase and whatever. So I had, I did have girlfriends and stuff like that. I, uh, I had sex with a girl one time just on a fact finding mission. (laughs) Um, it was, uh, I faked it. Really? I did. Yeah. I faked it and I got the hell out of there. Uh, I feel kind of bad, but it was like, you know, it was one of those, it was a real like workmanlike kind of a situation for both of us. You know what I mean? It was just one of these like late night, like, all right. Were you hoping that maybe you would feel something different? Yeah, oh yeah, I thought that there was yeah, that there was some sort of gold in there or whatever that would just it would just <laughs> that like is where fundamentally change me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, there was just something that would be like, oh okay, now something I get it. would come unlocked. Yeah, it um, didn't. It didn't. So like, I was maybe nineteen, I think. Um, was it disgusting? Oh no, it wasn't disgusting. It just wasn't. It just didn't feel didn't right. Didn't do it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like speaking a language that like I know two phrases you know what i mean <laughs> and i can't get anything done that i want to get done right you know uh like the, the the woman has a blue shirt that's all i can say you know what i mean and i can't i can't get i can't order dinner <laughs> when all i can say is the woman has a blue shirt right you know what i mean you needed a few more years I mean, of yeah, studying exactly, that language exactly and it just wasn't gonna happen so okay I, i'm not naturally predisposed to that language but then, sorry, now I'm, I'm really getting into the nitty-gritty no that's you stop me if you uh, uh-huh. don't want to go that far but hmm. you the sense I got from the chapter about in the book, the guy named Jeff, mm-hmm. was that you kind of held off on having sex with yeah. men. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I had done it by then, but it, like there was something about adding the the element of like emotion to it mm-hmm. that scared me for some reason. Like I think I thought I would break him if we started it. I would just like like Hulk was- out. Oh, and, I see. Uh, and he wasn't small, but I just like I, I just felt like it would be like I would lose control in mm-hmm. some crazy way. So we just did a lot of a lot of smooching and spooning and whatnot. <laughs> it's, it's sweet. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. we were young and innocent and Catholic. I mean, I think there's also just like a weird Catholic thing, also, right? To like to sex, we're we're very weird about it. 
We're very weird about it. And like, even if you're, even, you know, I'm fairly lapsed myself, but it's still like there are just weird attitudes. Right. You know? I hear that so much from straight people that grew up Catholic. I can't mm-hmm. imagine the extra level of insanity that being yeah. gay Catholic. Yeah, it's real crazy. It's real crazy. How do you deal with it? Um, I, you know, I think you just sort of, um, I mean, therapy helps. You know what I mean? Honestly, mm-hmm. just like talking about talking about the dumb ideas you have been carrying around for decades. And you know? wh- what are those ideas? Um, not, not that like, uh, I, I think that there is some all or nothing thinking when it comes to sex where it's like it, you either save yourself for marriage, uh, which by the way, if you're gay, we're never going to give you. So <laughs> like, so stay celibate for the uh, ever. Uh, or, well, you might as well be a prostitute. You know what I mean? Like, there's no in between. There's no right. like, if you have sex with a handful of people through your life or whatever, like that. It's 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 you're kind of you're sinning as though. And by the way, even if you were a prostitute, or even if you did have sex with a new person every single day, what's wrong with that? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, there's nothing inherent. Like, it's it's I, I I do think we bind it up with like spirituality and holiness in a way that just doesn't right. really make a whole lot of sense. That's really interesting, though. That makes sense. It's like if that that thinking of if doing it once outside of the bonds of marriage is sinning like why not go all the way uh-huh yeah yeah and why not just completely binge exactly and i think a lot of people do yeah you know um and it's you know i mean if you're taking care of yourself and if you're like emotionally okay with it then great but you know it can also be a thing that can fuck you up right so was did you actually have a conversation with your parents where you said mom and dad i want you to know something yes i did How, and was uh, that like? it was really difficult my dad was great with it um, and he just sort of, he went and got some books and read some books and was great and, and it's still great. Uh, my mother was very emotional, very, very emotional. And, uh, and I think, I think went to the default Catholic place of like, what's everyone going to think? Like mm-hmm. now I have to explain this to everybody. And like, and I think also, you know, this is early 1990s. It, the, st- the expectation was still like, oh, you're going to be sad. You're going to be alone. You know, you're never going to, you're never going to be able to have kids. You're never, you're going to have to hide and all that kind of thing. And it's like, you know. That I knew by then that that was not true, right? But they didn't, and I can't expect them to, you know. So it, it was difficult, but uh, but I did it just before I left for school, uh, and so like there were a lot of difficult phone calls, but I wasn't, I, you know, I probably should have done it earlier so that I had some more actual physical time with them to to smooth it over. But there there were a lot of a lot of difficult conversations. But it's like you have to. The thing to remember is that, like, in my case, it took me, you know. 15 years to get comfortable enough to just be like, yeah, I'm a gay man. I have to give them 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Like right. they, I can't just expect them to be where I am for like dealing with it every day for a very long time. Mm. You you have to give them a chance right. to like catch up, you know? And I think a lot of people make that mistake of just like, oh, you don't accept me right away. Well, then you hate me and you're homophobic and I'm leaving. You know, you can't, just you had, can't do that. I had a glimpse of what it would be like if I were gay and I came out uh-huh. and that's exactly the person I would be. Yeah. I would, I would have without intending to ridiculously high expectations Sure, and then it's people natural. would fail. Yeah. It's natural because you know, it's just, that's the, you, you want to be accepted and you want your parents to accept you. And, right. And, I mean, that's just, that's natural, but you have to stop and think about it for a minute. You are know? you, um, are you usually so uh enlightened and clear-headed when it comes to interpersonal stuff not at all <laughs> not at all i'm getting better i guess yeah i mean i think you know i'm I'm getting i'm 45 years old now mm. you know what i mean i'm like i'm settled a little bit emotionally it was, it was volatile for, for a long time but now i think that's largely passed and when you were volatile what were you like um super duper moody 
and uh, and and like emotionally really needy. Like mm-hmm. I, I I had a lot of very intense friendships that were like like for me because I didn't really fit in the gay community, and I also still had this weird internalized homophobia of being like. I don't want to be the gay guy who like lives in Chelsea or has gay friends or whatever, <laughs> has a healthy dating life. I don't know why. Um, I would like, you know, hook up uh, and then also have like super intense friendships with straight guys because mm-hmm. it was like that was my emotional needs were taken care of and then my physical needs were taken care of. And like together it was like I Frankensteined up a boyfriend, but right. it wasn't it wasn't the same person. It was That's just like just random joyless sex with weirdos and then and then like just like crazy intense friendships and for like the, a year how did the straight guys on the receiving end of the crazy intense friendship uh fair uh pretty well i yeah. mean were they, were they as into the intense friendship yeah. of it all yeah usually yeah like in your 20s you get into those like really you know you have like yeah. a crazy intense friendship you know i kind of miss crazy intense friendship me too me too yeah i had yeah i mean i had a lot of you know, I had like my little tribe when I lived in New York. I had mm-hmm. my my group of very very close friends, and then there, there was like a revolving door of just like dudes I would hang around with a ton for like a year. And I'm all and I'm still friends with a lot of them. And mm-hmm. it's you know, um, uh, yeah. I mean that that was a, a crucial part of my development. But I'm glad I'm past it now. I'm, right. gl- I'm glad that I have a boyfriend and it's one person. You know what I mean? That makes and sense. so if you've been with him 11 years, this is the same guy yep. that we talked about last time in a band mm-hmm. still? He is in a different band okay. probably now. He was in the Mighty Regis Yes, then. he was. Yeah. No, he's not anymore. They broke up. And three of them have become a uh, folk trio called mm. uh, Tiny Goliath. And they play like Genghis Cohen and stuff oh, like cool. that. Oh, cool. Yeah, they're really good. They're really cool. good. Yeah. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Last time you told me he's a good guy, not a great guy. <laughs> is I that true? you were joking. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was, I was joking. But I, but that's also true. He's not great. No, I'm kidding. He, he's great. He's great. He has moments of greatness. He's okay. We're breaking up. <laughs> Are you a good guy or a great guy? I'm a great guy. I'm a great guy. Wow, not even, not even a pause there. I'm a great guy. No, I'm kidding. Do you feel like he should feel lucky mm, being a good, a good guy question. that he landed a great guy? Oh, absolutely. Every day of his life. <laughs> and I also feel, I do, I feel really lucky. He's a great guy. He's, I'm kidding. He's a great guy. I know. But I'm not kidding about myself. I'm great. <laughs> I'm great. So this book, mm-hmm. Party of One, mm-hmm. begins by mentioning one of my favorite things. Yeah, Bee Girl and oh. Blind Melon. I was a huge Blind Melon fan. Really? I don't. I don't say that often, and I don't say it proudly often. Uh huh. But I really was into Blind Melon. Sure. Um. Okay. I mean, someone you didn't have a whole lot of time to be a huge Blind Melon fan. I was huge. Yeah, physically. Wow. Oh. And um, no, that was just a really, really hacky joke at my own expense. Mm. Um, yeah, you're right. They weren't around for a long time. No. But I was into them for the time that they were. Sure. Uh, the bass player lives like three doors down from me. Brad Smith. Brad Smith, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a really good guy. He's a great What's he guy. Doing now? I don't know. I feel like he's like a, like a, he works in a studio. You know, I have no idea what he does. Actually. Does he still have long hair? Um, no, he actually just cut it. Oh. Um, yeah. And his, uh, his brother lived in our guest house for a long time. Uh, Get out! Yeah. Yeah. Very nice family. Very nice family. Did you talk about Blind Melon with them at all? I have never talked about Blind Melon okay. with him. No. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm I mean, sort of glad you didn't. I guess they still tour, right? They do? I think they do. Who's singing for them now? Know. 
I don't know. I'm gonna need to. I'm gonna need to spend some time looking this up. Yeah. I'm also curious. This is making me wonder what happened to Ugly Kid Joe. Oh wow. Okay. Well, I can tell you that um, the lead singer of Ugly Kid Joe used to go out with Duff. They they had like a really what they happened were like to, engaged. And she, also, what happened to Duff? Karen Duffy. Karen Duffy. She is actually a friend. She's like the one uh, of that era that I like totally clicked. With. I mean, they're right. all very nice people, but she and I have become friends. She's awesome. Uh, she married. I forget the guy's name, um, but like crazy old New York money family. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the Chris Rock thing of like, you know, like in New York, you meet families who like own the color blue, right? <laughs> right. He's from one of those families. Right. Like his name's like Frigidaire or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, and uh, so she, and he's lovely and they uh, they got married and had a kid and she does some occasional TV work and she's written right. a couple of books. She also has, and I, I don't remember the name of the illness, but she has a, uh, she has like a chronic illness mm. where she deals with a, a lot of pain. Oh no. Uh, yeah. Um, but she's like she's got an awesome attitude and she looks great and she's what, always real busy. What other fellow MTV VJs might you still be in touch with? Uh, Damien Fahey and I are very close. He's a I really forgot good guy. that he was on MTV. Yeah, yeah. When he was like a toddler, right? Like what was he just a v- eighteen or nineteen or something? VJ or was there a specific he was, yeah. show he was? He took to over that. TRL when Carson left. Gotcha. Yeah, and now he's a writer on Family Guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's very, very funny. I follow him on all social media, I believe. Yeah, yeah. as you should. He's very mm-hmm. funny. Uh, who else? Man, that might... I mean, everyone is nice, but I don't really... I don't keep up with right. too, too many. Right. Steve Isaacs. Remember him? Yes. For a brief moment. He 90s. and I... Not only do I remember him, I've met him before. I yeah. think at a Doug Benson show. Really? Because I think he is so, somewhat friendly with Doug. Okay. Um, And I think I recounted to him... I have a problem with recounting embarrassing shit. Uh-huh. Recounted to him that when I was in high school, my two best friends and I and a couple of our guy friends went to see Red Hot Chili Peppers, Nirvana, and Pearl Jam. What? Yeah. Uh, which was amazing. And then my best friends, Katie and Jen, were like, oh my God, it's Steve Isaacs. We have to follow him. Yeah. And they left me. I don't know where they went, but they decided to follow Steve Isaacs throughout the, uh, I don't know where this show was. It was some big place in It has in to have LA. been outdoor. It was an outdoor venue. I, that, it was, for yeah. me, I just picture that like a yeah, like a, right. a festival kind of a deal. Right. And somebody had a, a cat in the hat hat on. Oh yeah, no, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't a festival. It was. Oh my god, I'm blanking out on the big LA venues. I mean, it, was, it wasn't the Forum, and Coliseum? it wasn't. It no. might have been the Coliseum. Really? No, hmm. I don't. That is know. big for them. Yeah. Where could it have been? Well, it's not that important, well, except for. Okay. It's important to me. But yeah. anyway, yeah, I told... So I recall him being on MTV and um, he was cute. Yeah, he's a handsome guy. Yeah. He's a handsome guy. He's like a tech guy now. Right. Um, And then let's see. Oh, this is great. This is great. And we need to do it again. But I, I had lunch a few months ago with uh, with David from uh, Real World Seattle. With the two different eyes. With the two different eyes. Yeah. 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 He What's lives he out here. Now? He lives out here. He's a marketing guy for The Onion. He does, uh, he does like partnerships with The Onion mm-hmm. um, and he's like a wild success um, and like he's, 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 he's made something of himself. Go he's, uh, David. Yeah. And he looks terrific. Looks real good. Uh, the, the real world people, like I'm starstruck by them. Well, I've seen CT around town and I, I can't, I can't handle CT. it. CT. Was he from Paris? He was from Paris. Well, he, wasn't, he was on the Paris. Right. That's yeah, what I mean. Yeah. F- very much from Boston. So when, <laughs> yes, when, uh, when you were last on, we were talking about Christina Pajitsky. 
Yes. Um, and also Susie Meister. Yes. Who I've since become friendly with both of them. Really? Yes, I didn't know either of them. I only knew of them at the uh-huh. time. But you, about Susie, you, I was like, wait, because you, we were trying to figure out which season Christina was on. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, the Susie season of Road Rules. And I'm like, who's Susie? And you tried to explain. You said she's um, blonde and she's like a nice, good girl, but you've met her a few times and you think she might be evil and crazy. Yeah, I thought she might be evil. Yeah. I, there was something that she said or did that made me think like, oh, you might be secretly evil. In person or on the show? I, I don't. And by the way, I think she would agree that she might be. Yeah. Yeah. She just has that, like, there's there's a vibe about her where it's like there, there's something lurking behind that smile. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I don't remember whether it was something that happened on the show or in real right. life. Interesting. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. So. Like uh, sweet, but with wicked humor where it makes you think like, oh, what else is going on? What's, <laughs> what else is going on here? Something's not right. Yes. Something's not right. What are you thinking about me right now? Okay. It scares me. So I, I didn't I kind of hate that feeling. It's a terrible feeling. It's a vulnerable feeling. I I feel vulnerable all over. Sure. How did the, the book come about? Uh, I had wanted to write one for a long time. I had a, uh, um, I did stand up. I like very rarely do stand up, but I did stand up at uh, the improv like maybe five years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there was a lit agent in the crowd who just gave me his card and was like, "If you ever have an idea for a book, let me know." That's awesome. Which is cool. Yeah. And and I I had a literary agent at the time because I was sort of shopping around another idea that didn't end up taking off. And uh, and then she left the business. And I kind of like dropped it for a while. Uh, but then I started writing more and more. And I, uh, I started working at Vulture. And then they gave me like a regular column. And I started to sneak in little personal anecdotes into into the column. And then from that, um, like this this guy, like I started, it was like, well, I think it might be book time again. Or at least time to like conceptualize like a, like a proposal or something. Mm-hmm. So I called this guy. And uh, the guy and the, who had been in your audience, yeah, the guy who had been in the audience, and uh, and he's like, he turns out to be a really great lit agent at a really great house, and uh, and then um, somebody from uh, from Random House uh, was reading my column and said, you know, if if you know, and said to my agent, like, if he ever has you know a larger idea for a book, we would love to see it. So so it, like the the idea for a proposal became a real proposal in a very short time, and we gave them first crack at it, and they took it, and that was kind of that was kind of that. But I I. I I oh, it's a siren. It happens sometimes. Sure, mm-hmm. we we're getting like we're getting helicopters very low over our house. Like somebody is on the loose in our immediate vicinity. I wish the there was City. a place to go to immediately find out what is going on because yes. the night of the sur drive by, we also had a couple other errands the, to run. The what now? There was a drive by at sur. No, 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 no. When my husband oh, and I drove by the restaurant. Yes, 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 yes. All right, all right, all right, all right. Sorry. Yeah. I realized that was confusing. Okay. We were also running some other errands and we were driving through a neighborhood. There were all these cop cars. All these people were out in the street uh-huh. and we could not figure out what was going on. Like, right. Why was everyone out on the street? Uh-huh. Why? What are all the, I mean, tons Jack's, of cop cars. Jax took a pair of- <laughs> Another pair of sunglasses. Took a, took a belt from yeah. uh, Chrome Hearts or whatever. <laughs> Remember that place? Uh-uh. Ugh. What was They're, Chrome Hearts? It was like, it was at the height of like Ed Hardy and they would sell like very expensive t-shirts that had tigers on them or whatever. And and like big black sunglasses. Right. You know what I mean? Like a Tommy Lee would wear. You know what I mean? Sounds that very douchebaggy. Like very douchebaggy and like $800. Yeah. And uh, I remember I looked at them and, and I saw that they were $800 and I was like, and I guess I made a face and, and the person <laughs> like behind the counter was like, well, you can switch out the arms. <laughs> and it was like, 
Uh, that is a feature of literally every pair of glasses. Like yeah. any Walgreens pair of like readers, you can like unscrew the thing right. and put a different set on. Like right. that's that but, is not a feature. But at also, all. how many? What audience is this serving? Right. Like, it was right. like I like them with different arms. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I got I got to switch up my arms. Yeah. Like how <laughs> many how many former members of Motley Crue can there really be to wear fucking ugly bullshit like that? Right. Uh, where were we? Jesus. Lord. Um. Well, I was saying I wish there was a place to go to oh. find out what's happening immediately. Yes. Like LA Scanner. I went there. There was nothing on there. Mm, yeah. Um. There's a Twitter account. Sure. But where were we before? Yeah, that's before the, thing. I can't, I can't the siren. Well, oh, I think. God. I think maybe you had wrapped up the story of the book. But- oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just something that I always had in, in my mind. And and what I am excited about is that it's, you know, it is very much about my upbringing. It's very, the, there's a lot of MTV stuff in it. There's a lot of, you know, pop culture stuff and whatever. And it's, and I love it and I'm proud of it. And I'm very happy to just like draw a line around or like a circle around that part of my life and like just kind of push it out. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because there, there's a lot of stuff that I feel like I've been talking about for a long time, and I don't mind it. But it's it's like I feel like the final word on a lot of things, and now I can kind of turn my attention to new stuff. Right. You know? um, I'm writing at Esquire now, and I'm constantly like they're throwing things at me that I've just never done before, mm-hmm. and it's great. And I'm uh, like opining on things that I've, nobody's ever asked my opinion about before, and it like feels what? really good. Uh, like I write a lot about politics now. I don't want to get into it necessarily right now um but like there there are there are things that i'll be asked to do that would just be like okay i'm not i'm not you know i i think they brought me on to do music and pop culture mm-hmm. kind of stuff and it's like okay i've done that but now i'm i'm kind of trying new things and it are, feels good are you writing for the magazine as well as the site i am yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh there's just been like a massive changeover there's a new editor-in-chief and so there's you know it's every everything is changing there so i'm hoping that i will continue right. to write for the magazine but uh yeah i should be able to that's awesome i am I, um, I came from magazine journalism yeah and i still do very bits and bits and pieces here and there in fact um i was telling jeff my producer last night i had a podcast schedule but i got offered this very last minute assignment for a place i want to write and i couldn't take it and i was like damn it (laughs) even though i have it within my um like within my, I don't know what the what the word is, skill set to be able to reach out to an editor. But sure. I was just like, this thing fell in my lap. Yeah. Like that was so much easier. Yeah, definitely. Um, but but I mean, anyway. That I, door will remain open, right? I, I'm hoping. It was the writer, not an editor, who was reaching out to me. And the writer of who was assigned to the piece was really sick and was trying to find another journalist on uh-huh. the West Coast who could do it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I think so. If it's, I've adopted this new sort of Zen attitude, which I don't know if I fully adopt, which is, hey, if it's meant to be, it'll happen again or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Maybe the purpose was to make me realize I miss that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. what I was getting to with all of this is my sense is that there just aren't that many good magazine gigs around. So that's great that you have one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really pleased. Um, yeah. I mean, there aren't a lot of great magazines around right. anymore. They're dropping like flies, but, uh, but Esquire does really well. And I, and I think the new iteration is really going to be really going to be exciting because mm-hmm. it, 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 it like the, the deal now is, you know, for a long, long time, Esquire was, you know, a pretty girl telling a funny joke or like, you know, <laughs> right. you know it really, they really had a column that was, it was joke, literally like, girl, take off your shirt and tell us a joke yeah. basically. And, uh, and a lot of tips, a lot of like what not to do, a lot of what I talked about before, that like negative definition right. of, of masculinity. Now it's like, now it's like, let's all be adults together. You know what I mean? Let's mm-hmm. men and women talk together. Let's, let's, you know, let's be adults. Right. Let's like be, an elevated conversation. Exactly. Like, let's be men 
as opposed to children mm-hmm. rather than men as opposed to women or gay people. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, so they are engaging like the, you know, their gay readership a little bit more, which like the other men's magazines really don't. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a really nice place to be. There are a lot of really smart, clever, funny voices there. What was your book that you were trying to sell that didn't take off? It was, um, it was, okay. You know how there was like a little pub, publishing, pub, why can I not say the word publishing? <laughs> It's a publishing hard one. trend trendlet a few years ago where uh, you do something for a year and then you write about it. Yes, Julie and Julia, um, like AJ Jacobs has like three books right. like that. Um, there was a woman who like lived only by Oprah's uh, like uh, <laughs> tips. Yeah, tips for a year. Um, you know, living on food stamps for a year, right. living like the Bible for a year, whatever. Having uh, sex every day with having your sex spouse every day for a year, for a year. Not having sex at all for a year. Okay. Um, uh, a woman lived like a man for a year. Like just, there were a right. billion of them all at once. So I had a year where I only read those books and then I wrote about it. And so I kept a blog and, and it was oh, like, right. it started to get I sort of remember, I remember this. What was yeah. it called? Uh, my year of everything. <laughs> yeah. And so then I tried to sell that as a book and, and like the, 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 like the, feedback that I got that it was that it was like a little too inside baseball, mm, you know, that I it might see. not really sell. But the cool thing was it got me out in front of people and it right. got me writing a proposal and it got me you know, like suddenly people at publishing houses knew who I was mm-hmm. and would take me seriously as a writer. You know? Right. So that was good. And so then did this new idea kind of spin out of that? It, it, yeah, I was able. Yeah, it did. And it how? Did. I mean, well, to be honest, like this particular thing, I mean, it's kind of a straight memoir, you know what I mean? Which is like a less gimmicky thing than I wanted to do. Right. You know what I mean? Like I thought, uh, like a, a memoir is, it's not an easy sell, but people understand what a memoir right. is. You know Did you mean? feel like you needed, I might just be asking you for tips on books. No, okay. All right. <laughs> Did you feel Fire like away. you needed more did you feel like you needed to more finely hone it than straight memoir? Like, did you need to have a special lens through which you're looking at your life? And yeah, I mean, you definitely do have to answer the question like, why you, right. You know what I mean? Like what, what is your unique experience? And, and like, what is, what are you going to say that's never been said? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I don't even know if I can answer that right now, but, uh, but I, when I wrote the proposal, I did, you know, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you need, you need to know that for yourself. And because, you know, memoirs have been, written you know what i mean uh what is unique is your voice so just you have to kind of remember like like lean heavily on your voice and then know what it is that you're saying that is new right does that make sense Mm -hmm. yeah yes um but do it do it we should i'm sort of i'm in the midst of a whole thing okay let's talk uh for a moment after the show i would love that okay Let's also talk about the fact okay. that the first time you had access to the internet, uh-huh. you searched for small wonder. That's correct. The f- maybe not the very first time I had access to the internet, but uh-huh. early on, I searched for Mr. Belvedere. Oh. It was kind of mind-blowing, the fan sites that oh, existed. Oh, absolutely. And amazing. Yeah. Fandoms on the internet are crazy. Like, they continue to just be bewildering and crazy and super hot and tense. Yeah. You know? Um, there was, uh, I, I got really down a rabbit hole a few years ago of the, the still extremely active, uh, Laura Branigan fan community on, on the internet. She has been gone for some time now, but people still write about her. They, they share concert stories. They share bootlegs. I pretty much only know self control. Mm -hmm. You know, know, Gloria. Oh yeah. Sure. You know, solitaire probably. Okay. Maybe I know a lot of Laura Branigan. Yeah, you do. You do. You know more than you think. Yeah. I have all of her albums on vinyl. 
<laughs> do you really? Yep. I did like I got a turn Ben and I got a turntable and did like a huge run. Like I think we probably had some wine and then we went to Amoeba and bought a stack of records that were like the next day, like, why do we have all of Laura right. Brannigan's albums? No good can come of this. But they're fine. I even know what her albums look like, so clearly I do. Of course. Yeah. I do. They're, it's just They all look the same. Yeah. Yeah. She was she was an odd one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She was like there was nobody who looked quite like her. So there's still a heavy fan base for her? Absolutely. What Absolutely. happened? Did she die? She died, yeah. She uh, had a heart attack, I think. Yeah. Moment of silence for Laura Branigan. What do they talk about then? Uh, just like, you know, like, hey, you know, I heard Spanish Eddie today, and it means just as much to me today as it did back then. And, you know, here, here's a new thing that I noticed, or, you know, or just whatever. Like, there's also a lot of, uh, because it's, you know, it's a fan community uh, full of, you know, probably people in their 50s. Not that there's anything wrong with being in your 50s, but there's there's a lot of, like, emojis like i know you can't see what i'm doing listener but thumbs like up. where yeah thumbs up or like you know hug like a little yeah. you know like a, a, like a little yellow smiley giving a hug or whatever <laughs> like there's a lot of a lot of really goofy like i guess they wouldn't be emojis but like emoticons and, right oh yeah when you were last on you were saying you're kind of obsessed with message boards yeah i am i really Still? am yeah yeah what is it i haven't I, you know what you? i haven't i haven't really gone down that particular hole in a long time but but i i just love i love obsession i'm mm-hmm. i'm obsessed with obsession I, I love it i love it when like when when there's like a unique language among people among like super fans of, of a particular thing i just i love it i love it when there's when there's somebody who i don't give a shit about who's like the most important person in somebody's world yes it, it's it, it's the same thing that guides me to and i don't watch the real housewives shows but i love to watch the reunions mm-hmm. because you get all the best parts of the show yeah but then it's also it's these people and i feel like it's like i don't know who you are but you're carrying yourself like you're the queen of england <laughs> you know what i mean and that's just inherently funny to me that's just yeah. really funny to me yeah uh, well you should yeah, watch the show. vanderpump reunions then oh i bet i bet i should sure i'm sure andy cohen uh, acquits himself well oh he's so good He's real good. I'm I'm real big on Radio Andy these days. I you know, really I haven't it. heard it. It's good. Do you get I serious? feel like I, I do. Okay. Oh, fucking turn on Channel 102. Sandra Bernhardt has a daily show. She has a daily one-hour talk show. She just gets to talk for an hour. What a world. I need to check this out. Oh, it's great. What other shows Bevy are? Smith has a show called Bevelations. Bevy Smith. Who is that? She was uh, I know that name. She's the host of Fashion Queens mm. on uh, Bravo. Okay. She's uh, this kind of, you know, scenester lady. Uh, she she was also in the magazine world, and now she's kind of left it just to be like a, you know. Personality? A personality. Yeah. Right. And she's doing really well. She's very, very, very funny. Very well, funny. Well, I'm going to have to check it out. You must. I only have it in my car. Okay. But uh, when I'm in my car, I will be checking it out. What, Do it. What uh, station are you on? I'm on the Spectrum. Which is uh, like the adult alternative station. It's mm-hmm. the Mumford and Sons station. <laughs> all Mumford all the time. And what's your show called? It's it's not. It's, I'm just a DJ. Gotcha. Saturday night shift. You know, I talk about hosier. I, you know, I, I give away mud crutch concert tickets. That kind of thing. <laughs> you know. How long have you been doing it? Been doing it about a year. A little over a year. How, and how did it come about? Um, it came about slowly um, because I, I knew a lot of people there. Um, Jake Fogelnest. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Also been on a, this a former show. MTV person. Um, all of the original VJs have, have like, they, they are the only DJs on the eighties station, which is enjoyable. And, uh, and I knew people there. And so anytime I was in New York, I'd always drop by. Like I said, I would like, I, I knew people who did talk shows. So I would like swing by and do everyone's talk show. And, uh, and then like from meeting people there, they would be like, oh, you have to, you should really come and do a show for us. And it took like three years from sending in my first initial mm-hmm. demo to like starting working. It, it's just so corporate and you need so many signatures and things move so slowly and budgets are so tight. And uh, so it took like three years and it's, and you would not, I mean, 
I, I, I don't know what I was thinking, but I thought like, God, this is taking so long. Like, you know, this is going to, now I'm going to be raking it in. It, the money, I, it, it's tacky. I'm not going to talk about money, but it barely covers the gas to get to the station <laughs> and back. Like, it's crazy. But it, it's still, it's really fun. I love to talk about music and it's a good place to be and you never know what could happen. That's true. You know what I mean? I do. I think yes. we should do. What should we do? Just mirror everyone. Mm-hmm which is a segment where people write in with things they think or do and they wonder, is it just me or everyone? Oh. But first, I want to say to the listeners, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, uh-huh. which you should because they have everything, yep. perhaps Dave Holmes' forthcoming Party of One. Absolutely. I recommend it highly. Great. Click through the Thanks. Amazon banner on my website at alicefromrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it helps awesome. out the show. Um, also, let me just also, say this. Please. If you pre-order it and if you send uh, a proof that you have pre-ordered it to Dave Holmes' party, at gmail.com, I will make a, a mixtape for you, a 21-song mixtape for you from, That's on so Spotify nice. or Apple Music. Just give me the occasion. Let me know what you need it for. Do you need some cheering up? Have you just, you know, are you starting a new job? You're going to be making for a graduate? so many mixtapes. I have been making so many mixtapes. And, uh, and it's really fun, but it's also much more time-consuming than yeah. I thought. So I was actually considering not saying what I just said um, because, like, there's really realistically, like, only so many that I can get done in, like, right. an hour. Um. But it's like, it's fun to do. It's fun to meditate on somebody for a while. Mm. Just like, you know, it's my favorite way of communication. So, so do that and be patient with me is what I'm saying. So there you go, you guys. Click through the Amazon banner, pre-order mm. the book, send proof. Mm-hmm. To Dave Holmes Party at To Dave Holmes Party at Gmail. Then you mm-hmm. get your mixtape. Then you get the book. Then you've helped out the show. And yeah. then you're reading a great maybe, book and maybe you get a mixtape. Maybe you get the book and then you get the mixtape. We'll see. It's time consuming. But, but still. That's fine. You'll you have get Dave it. Holmes' word. You'll get it. You'll get it. You'll get Just it. hold your horses. Hold your, what? Where's the fire? Right. However, if there is a special occasion that you need the mixtape for, mm-hmm. mention yeah, that. Yeah, let, let me know up front. Let me know Put up front. Yeah. Let me know. Put it in the subject line. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. That's all. Um, yeah. Also, you guys, thank you for your Amazon support and thank you for your PayPal support. PayPal links on the right side of the oh. website. When you're at AllisonRosen.com, there's a store tab. You can click there. There's T-shirts available. We have ringtones available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. We have bonus oh, episodes available. Boy. Yeah, I, we don't hold back. No, you do not. I no. can't wait to hear that on an elevator or at an <laughs> airport. So all of this, just go to the store. It's also the ringtones and bonus episodes are available in iTunes. There's also stuff available on gumroad.com. Some of it is pay what you wish. Hmm. Okay. Just me or everyone. Just you. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Okay. Jennifer Totkaji says... I only use a measuring cup or a measuring spoon to add water to a recipe. No, sorry. If I only use a measuring cup or a measuring spoon to add water to a recipe, I don't wash it. Just dry it and put it away. Yeah. yeah. I think that's how it works with anything that only has water in yeah. it. Except yeah. for some reason. I've never washed this thing. This is, you're holding up your I, I have, uh, water bottle. Yeah, I have one of those swell water bottles and I carry it everywhere and it's always full of water. And it's like I rinse it out maybe once every two mm-hmm. weeks because it's just water. Right. And my, it's my mouth. So, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. You know what I would like to know? How frequently do you guys think you need to clean out your coffee maker? Never? Oh, uh, all the time. And I mean, not all the time, but like once a month. Yeah, that doesn't happen in this house. No, you know what? No, <laughs> no, no, no. That's, uh, no. Like to descale it is probably once every like four to six months or something like that. That's awesome. We have happen. we have one of those um, 
uh, grinder and yes. and makers, oh, cool. and you have to clean the shoot out on that like every couple of weeks. But it tells you. It tells you when it's time to clean. Oh, really? Shoot. And yeah. then do you just press a button? Uh, no, you have to actually, what you have to do is uh, call Ben and say, do <laughs> clean the thing because I don't know how. I have one of those too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Greg B says, have zero problems with eating in a restaurant or going or going to a movie theater by myself. Mm-hmm. I could eat at a restaurant by myself. Wait, actually, I could do either of them. I just don't. I do all the time and I love it. Really? Yeah. Now, will you go to any kind of restaurant alone? Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will. And in fact, that's what I love about like traveling for work. That's mm-hmm. really one of my favorite things is just to like get a book and go to a restaurant and sit the hell down, usually at the bar, you know, so I uh, attract, I mean, not that I'm, not that I am going to attract attention, but it's, it seems sad, less sad to me to sit alone at the bar. Right. Than to sit alone at a table. That's true. But I can do that too. Um, yeah, I do that a lot and I like it. Jeff? Dining alone, I do all the time. I don't even think about it. Going to the movies alone, I don't go to the movies a lot. And I did go to the movies alone just to see if I'd like it. Uh-huh. And it was fine. Yeah. I enjoy it. But going to the movies, I typically, I'll be like, hey, you want to go to the movies? Mm-hmm. But it's not a deal breaker if somebody it's doesn't want to go. It's funny, though, yeah. because it's an, I'm, this is a well-worn thought, but it's like it's an activity that really doesn't need a pal. Right. Nope. No. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind it at all. I also am a big fan of walking out of a movie halfway through if I'm not feeling it. And so that's much easier to do if I'm alone. What's the last movie you walked out of? Hmm. It, really, a tough, like uh, an equally difficult question is what's the last movie I saw in a theater? Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I haven't done that in a while. I think it was Sleeping with Other People because I have a crush on Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> uh, um, what did I walk out of recently? Oh, man. I don't even know. I don't know. I can't answer that. Okay. Maybe, it may be, and this goes back a few years. There was a Get Smart movie, wasn't there? Yeah, with I think uh, so, Steve yeah. Carell? Yeah, I think it was that one. Okay. Yeah. Nick Heidenreich says, mm. when I successfully change lanes three times in a row to avoid touching my brake, wait, when I successfully change lanes three times in a row, I think he means and avoid touching my brake, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in the Fast and Furious. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get it's that. It's exhilarating and frightening. It. Yeah. It's a fun feeling. We were recently, do you use Waze? No, I don't. You, you don't. How do you get anywhere? Uh, I I have you my just, own natural sense of direction. Yeah, also, I don't have like one of those. Waze is is only going to put you in in terrible left turn. Well, positions. that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Terrible left turn position. So, like when when like when I'm in a lift or whatever, and they're using Waze, it's like I I do everything I can just to be like, nope, that left is going to be very difficult. Here, I know I know what the Waze person is saying. Right. Don't do what they're saying. And do, do they listen I'm to saying. you? Yeah, they do. Yeah, I have hmm. an authoritative tone. Right. And I'm a great guy. Yes, they yeah. they probably just know. Right. Um so what I was going to say was I my husband will do the scary left. And uh-huh. I'm always amazed that we're alive. Yeah. But he doesn't he's calm, he's collected. Mm-hmm. S- through a frightening intersection or left we go. I am just like, you know what? I'm just going to turn right. Yeah. And I'll deal with it later. Mm-hmm. I may never get where I'm going. Right. Uh, maybe it's time to Think about new places to go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Gonna, yeah, let's re. Yeah, I just, I just can't handle the stress. And yeah, the I get gotcha. you. Yeah, Waze is a little obsessed with cars on the shoulder, but not concerned at all about making crazy lefts. Yeah, yeah. on a Friday at five thirty. Yeah, you would think that there would be. I mean, if you can report any other kind of thing, you would think that there would be some kind of something that somebody could put same, there. Same, like, don't this try is to a make a left, left right. across this is a tricky Highland, left. Yeah, right. Although I have to say, when I was coming home from recording last week. 
Waze was sending me on a cockamamie left onto a big street, and I didn't figure I didn't I didn't figure out what was going on enough time to override it. So I was yeah. like, I'm in for this, and it was actually not that bad. Hmm. It seemed Maybe crazy it hairy. And I just waited, and it wasn't that long of a wait. Yeah, right. I know. Well, Good to know. I always have that feeling of like, if I wait long enough, the traffic will break. And then I have that sense of that, that fear that, or maybe it just won't ever. Right. And then if there's cars behind me, then I want to kill myself. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's, yeah, when, it, that's when it gets the worst. Situation. Yeah, if nobody's yes. behind you, it's, a, it's totally different. Yeah. Right. But I spend the whole time looking in my rearview mirror, exactly. trying to make sure there's no one behind me, as opposed to looking at the traffic to yeah. see if I could get in there. Yeah. yeah. I really need a chauffeur. Okay. Dana says, always have to stop and think for a second to process what runs big or small means when reading clothes, shoe reviews online. No, that one I get. Yeah, I get that too. Does it run too big? I No, I don't, I, now I don't know what I'm saying. Like, like if, if... Runs big yeah, means so sh- it is big. It's bigger than you would think. Like yes, medium like is if bigger. you no- right, if you normally wear medium, maybe right. order a small. Right. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think I get that. I recently had a thing um, with so I'm doing IVF. Oh wow! And um, you do a test, a biopsy of your uterus at a certain point, to, and they're trying to see, like they're trying to see if it's re- if if you're um, if the shots are working uh-huh. or if you need to start them earlier or start them later uh-huh. and the results come back pre-receptive or post-receptive. Mm. And I, my brain got scrambled trying to figure out, okay, well my results are, I still, I can't remember either pre-receptive or post-receptive. And so I have to start my shots 10 hours early. Like I couldn't, I could no longer process and I still can't the pre-receptive or post-receptive. I get it. It's like uh, stage left and stage right. I also I, can't, I do can't do that do one. It. I can't no. do it. I can't do it. Is I, it when you're on stage or is it, is it when you're looking at the stage? Stage right, stage left. Well, downstage is the front of the stage. That's right. That I got. So it's right. So it would be yeah. when you're on stage. However, if you upstage someone, you're yeah. standing in front of them. Yes. So yeah. they should call that downstaging someone. Yeah, they should. I'm. This is legitimately stressing me out. I think stage left is when you're on the stage. I think it's when you're on the stage. Jeff, you look that up. I uh, yeah. I was gonna say I don't know, but my computer might. Okay. All right. I feel like they should just. It should just be like when you're. Everyone should just say the whole phrase. Yeah. To the left. To the left. When if you're, you're on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. To the right if you're looking at the stage. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's stressing me out too. Yeah. I okay. Um, Matt K says, just mirror everyone, have tried my pet's food. I have not, I have but not I've either. been very tempted. I have not either. I have not either. Have you ever been tempted though? Uh, sure. Yeah, I guess I have. Especially no. like if there's a bag of treats and it's like each treat is only three calories. And I'm thinking, is that good for a dog or bad? I don't know. And what do they even taste like? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't think I've had any any actual particular urge now that I think about it. I mean, it's, it's for just, dogs. Yeah. It's for dogs. Sometimes it smells, some, some of that jerky doesn't smell so bad, though. Yeah, I mean, I guess the dry food, I might, I might have a nibble of a dry food just to see Oh, what yeah, it's the wet about. food, no. Yeah, no, wet food, absolutely not. That's no. like, that's like degrade meat. I think that my husband did accidentally put a kibble in his mouth once, mm-hmm. um, and he said that it was flavorless. No, yeah, interesting. Yeah. I uh, I uh, licked a piece of um, like 
uh, melting snow salt once just to see if it was like salt. It wasn't. It was very intense and a visceral experience to it. What? That was bad. What was it? was just it? very chemically and like poison. Is like it not it real? Just, is it something more than salt? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what, but yeah, it's much, it's super intense. Right. Yeah. They shouldn't call it salt. They should call it something else. Yeah, they should call it something else. Sort of like you're seeing in the book where uh, you swam in the high school pool. Sure which was did, yeah. Almost pure chlorine. There. It was all chlorine. Yeah. Yeah. And I was eating alone at a restaurant then. Crying. And crying. Yeah. That sounds It's awful. a delightful story you'll read about a party of one. <laughs> Out June 28th. Oh, did I say June 4th earlier? Because for some reason I, I thought it was out June 4th. Nope, June 28th. June 28th. That makes it so much easier for them to do the pre-order yeah. and to get the mixtape. Gives me a little more time to do those mixtapes. Jeff, I know you're busy looking up stage left, stage right, but have you eaten your cat's food? Um, I don't... Strangely, I don't think I've eaten my, cat, my cat's food. <laughs> but other neighborhood cat's food yeah. you have? No, I was cat sitting for people and they had cat fancy fancy cat food and i thought well this looks fantastic and it smells fantastic better and they said it. how much their cats liked it and i just got a little curious and said i'll have a little nibble of that uh it wasn't bad it was very fishy it was sure. kind of just mushy and fishy yeah uh but i don't think I've, i i have not eaten specifically my cat's cat food what's okay. interesting so but I've, eat, I've eaten dog off food. on that one on a technicality yeah, well, I've I've eaten cat food, so it's I'm, you know, uh, I'm not in great company, but but well, I've, I've definitely eaten dog food and I've definitely eaten dog biscuits. I need wow. to get into that in one second, but I would think you would then want to go home and taste your own cat's food to see how much of a drop off there is between the fancy cat food. Well, no, <laughs> my cats eat dry food, oh, so okay. maybe I have eaten there because I do give them, I gave them wet food once because they were. One of them was dehydrated because he was sick, and I think I oh. that looked good. That looked like soup. <laughs> I tried that. Uh, and you've eaten dog food and dog biscuits? For sure. For sure? <laughs> like more than oh, once? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, how dare you even suggest that I haven't <laughs> I eaten know. dog food and dog what, biscuits? What, what were the circumstances? Real men don't not eat dog food. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, we would, I mean, I would eat dog food just to see what it tasted like. Mm-hmm. It was like a giant bag of gravy train like mm. the 70s dog food yeah, right. it was very waxy it was not it was not as meaty as you would think much yeah. i guess concurring with daniel yeah i didn't like that <laughs> i wasn't into it but i did it uh-huh. but dog biscuits milk bones i've definitely eaten because when we were kids we would eat them just because we thought it was funny yeah which clearly it is <laughs> sure. and and i remember just going out to hang around in the woods in the field or whatever with the kids you know for the afternoon and you just wanted to grab something to eat oh to go gosh. with you and you just, just a, grab a quick a healthy snack yeah some milk bones for the kid on the go yeah you stick them in your pocket they travel well and then we had <laughs> there were little biscuits called people crackers uh-huh. that was i think a play on the right. animal crackers but they were people and uh i ate those too sure what do they taste like they were largely waxy too um <laughs> And there were a bunch of different colors and shapes, but they all tasted pretty much the same. Yeah. Milk, bo- milk bones weren't bad. What did those taste like? They were just crunchy. They were just real crunchy. Like and a cracker? They were like a real heavy, thick cracker. They're very dense. Maybe so I'll it, get into them. You wouldn't like them. You wouldn't like them. Wow. I love that the your reasoning behind eating milk bones was convenience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like Just like Practicality. you towed it along. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yep. Were, like, well. were other were people snacks just just unreasonably huge? Like, did they not fit in your backpack? <laughs> no, we didn't. We didn't have a lot of junk food or anything, so we didn't really have anything that would travel real well. I see. So yeah, 
Okay. Yeah, it was a combination of that. Just being pocket full of milk bones. Yeah. Sure. All right. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. Those were our power bars. That's how rich we were. <laughs> gotcha. So two facts that I've looked up. Stage left is the left. If you're facing the audience from the stage, your left okay. is stage, stage left. left. So okay. what the performer sees, that is right. gotcha. the left and the right. Okay. And then... Road salt is only 50% sodium chloride, which is what mm-hmm. table salt is. Mm-hmm. And the rest is crazy poison chloride. Deadly chemicals. poison. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Great. Good to know. Don't eat. No, do not eat. <laughs> if you have the urge to eat that, substitute Don't. milk bones. Yeah, have a milk bone. Much easier. Christine St. Angie says, have tons of little bags with spare buttons in them, but won't th- throw away as not sure if I still own corresponding sweaters. Mm-hmm. Yes, times a thousand. And yet I have never, ever in my whole life gone into a bag to replace a button that way. I've nope. lost buttons and not mm-hmm. had the spare button. Yeah. I keep them I around. Them. I keep yeah. them around until I do my like twice yearly culling of my wardrobe. And they're just like, what the fuck am I holding on to these things for? Do you have them in a special spot? Because mine are strewn No, they're scattered about. about. Yeah. yeah. I... F- like if I were li- like the the person who uh, lived their life based on Oprah's tips. Yep. If I were that person, I feel like I would have some kind of I would file them. Mm-hmm. I would have some kind of system. Yeah. I have or at no least, systems. Like, put them in the same drawer. Right. Or something. But yeah, no, I never do. Yeah. I never do. Jeff buttons. <laughs> I have a system. Of course, yeah. Jeff's big into organization and systems. Yeah, I, I have a uh, a sewing kit, and I keep my sewing supplies in there, and I have a little thing in there that I keep buttons in. Nice. Yep. Smart. Yep. Does your sewing kit have a little handle? No, it's actually an old shoebox. It's an old Vans shoebox. Oh, uh, cool. Right. Very 90s. Thank you. Wow. Okay. And lastly, Satchel of Gold, Satchels of Gold, says, when meeting someone and their dog, my brain won't retain the person's name, but I can remember the dog's name. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Especially. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. Yeah. I think I'm okay with that. Oh, Totally. Yeah. If someone assumes your dog is of a different gender or sex, I guess sex would be the word in this mm-hmm. case, then the dog is, do you feel the need to correct them? Uh, all the time. All the time. Do people tend to think that your new dog is a girl? Uh, it has happened. or uh, Not so much with the, with Finn. With Junior, it happened a good amount because he was very pretty. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I would always like do the sort of passive-aggressive, like, he, uh, yeah, he is a uh, whatever. Yeah, right. I would like, say he as many times as I could. Yeah. With Oliver, who was her predecessor... People always assumed he was female. Yeah. And then Wendy, people always assume she's a boy. Really? Yeah. I didn't. Thank you. She's for... all woman. That's what I think, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she thinks, too. Yeah. Dave Holmes. Wow. Thank you, everybody. Please sit down. It was delightful having you on the show again. Thank you. Thank you so much always for coming on the show. Thank you, you guys. Very much. Follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. I'm on Snapchat, Allison Rosen BFF. Um, YouTube, Facebook, I'm everywhere. Find me all over those places. Jeff, where should we go for you? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox. And okay. Dave Holmes, tell them where to find you and plug all your everything. Okay. I'm on Twitter at Dave Holmes, where I'm not shy about uh, uh, promoting everything. I'm also on Esquire.com. And uh, the book Party of One comes out on June 28th. Uh, and I'm doing a little occasional blogging and, and uh, playlist posting at uh, DaveHolmesParty.com. Awesome. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Alice and Rosen show? 